it is Saturday night in Oak Hill. We are gathered around that old oak table here in the Taylor Park. And we're going to get started on episode 33. We got Ben, Carl, Mark, myself, Larry here at the table with a special guest all the way from the district. Taxation with no representation. (laughs) District Anglings, one and only Rich Farino. What's happening? Hey, Hey. How's it going? Our Good little Mussolini here with us tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rich, man, welcome to uh, the Taylor Park. I know it's not your first time, but it's the first time sitting in on the podcast. We're fucking totally happy to have you here. Good to be here again. Good to see everybody's faces again. If, um, you know, we can come to some kind of agreement for future visits that um, you somehow won't bring the tropical weather with you or time it for tropical weather it'd probably be a lot more conducive to getting out and stabbing a redfish in the face but who knows maybe we'll try it tomorrow anyway yeah i apparently am long-winded sometimes and i just bring the wind with me (laughs) (laughs) Um, not a good curse to have sometimes so uh it's been a little bit since we've all sat down and um had the opportunity to record a podcast we had um the opportunity of having a wonderful Labor Day weekend and uh, intentionally had planned not to record a podcast. And then we had a fucking hurricane. Mm-hmm. And a long weekend. <laughs> Dude, that was like the longest. It's like a seven It's day coming. It's coming. It, well, we really promise it's coming. And it kept like the closer it got, the more it drug out. Yeah. So, um, in the meantime, uh, since we had kind of planned to take a little break, uh, I ended up in East Tennessee. Had a great hurricane up there. Um, yeah, you did it right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark, I think, uh, made a decision to Bam. head up to the panhandle. The area. panhandle. I think um, Ben and Carl were the only ones Mm -hmm. dumb enough to stick around here. Not only were we dumb enough to stick around, we were dumb enough to work the whole time. Well, yeah. Well, actually, I think we stayed in fairly close contact, and you're like, we're so fucking bored, we're going to work. Like, this shit's not happening. It took so long. I'm like, golly, like, if I got to wait three days before I got to wait three more days before I can go back, I'm going to lose my mind. So we went back. Luckily, we weren't out for like another week. Yeah. No, oh, no, 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 no. So, amen to that. Yeah. We, um, you know, it was, it was, it was funny being in East Tennessee, um, trying to explain to all of my neighbors. They're like, so, uh, when are you heading back to Florida? I'm like, well, the original plan is, uh, we're heading back Tuesday. However, um, this hurricane has like, not kept up with the forecast and because it's not where it's supposed to be according to the original forecast our original plans have changed and for them to understand and to try to follow along with mm-hmm. well okay but it just went by your place Are everything okay well so far we've heard good things so you guys heading back tomorrow? No, because now it's headed through Georgia and South Carolina, yeah. and that's between us and getting Oh, I got it. It's just weird when you're in an area where it's not, not, it's not like common happened. knowledge. Yeah. yeah, it's just not like part of the culture. 
Um, it's funny you say that because I've now adopted lunchtime. I watch the Weather Channel. Right. <laughs> like I'm a big, I'm like a big weather fan. Right. All right. of a sudden, just cause, so it's normal. Next time, so I watch so much Weather. Channel I'm a huge for that. Stephanie Abrams fan. I don't know about the Weather Channel in general, yeah. but Stephanie Abrams and her breasts have been like <laughs> part of my like big fucking hurricane. I would love for yeah, a long I'm time. I'm more of a J.J. Abrams fan. <laughs> because his breasts are like... Right. Which does it for him? <laughs> she does pornography? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> he, makes, he makes movies. The... Uh, yeah, so it was to watch. Wow, speechless. That's fucking rare. So I mean, literally, what's it been? Like? I think that was a moment of silence for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's been easily what three, three weeks? weeks? Three yeah, weeks since three. Um, we've done any kind of podcast and. Uh, Carl, thank you for sitting down with me and doing the, uh, oh, the beer, beer with. with. That was a good time. That was interesting. That was pretty good. And um, learned a lot. I know that <laughs> I personally have been trying to keep up with uh, some show notes. And as is per normal, I'm looking at my phone and I have episode 32 show notes, mm-hmm. which aren't we on episode 33? Correct. So. That's typical for me to be, like, one behind. Um, Hurricane Dorian is number one on my list. Um, Shall I get into uh, what the hurricane was like up in Tennessee? Yeah, let's let's transition to that. All right. So my father passed away on September 5th of last year. And just a PSA, if your parents are anywhere upwards in age and there's any remote possibility that they might pass away, get together with them. It's a fucking horrible thing to talk about, but do some estate planning. Um, The absence of a will in most states puts you in a position where you have to go through what's known as probate, mm-hmm. uh, which is the unfortunate place I have found myself and currently still a man um, over the last year plus. But um, it takes we, attorneys and all kinds oh, of stuff. Uh, attorneys and crazy mm-hmm. money that you spend. So before Dorian was even on the forecast, we knew that part of the... Um, state process, we were going to be taking possession of my childhood home, the homestead where my grandfather uh, purchased and has maintained that homestead since 1940, 41. Um, so we headed up uh, knowing that there was a possibility that the hurricane was coming and we're like, hey, it's perfect. You know, we're getting out of the way. I didn't worry about boarding up anything. I said, you know what? That's what insurance is for. So we head up. Um, We get up there, and it's literally the first time, because of all of this litigious stuff going on, that I had actually been able to go home and spend time at that homestead where I grew up 
without having any of the static of the controversy and the the contention between people. So it was a really refreshing time for me. And, um, you know, Shannon, Wyatt, and Cabo and I, we get up there. And it was literally... About a week, right? Probably about a week. Well, originally we were planning on heading up there you know, being up there four days, five days max, and coming home. But then Dorian, because it stalled out over the Bahamas, and then moved up the you know coast through South Carolina, we ended up being up there for over a week, hmm. um, which turned out to be pretty cool. One of the cool things that we got to take part in is the Appalachian League of Minor League Baseball. Uh, it's rookie league. Mm-hmm. Um, it was playoffs, and uh, we mm-hmm. went to a playoff game between the Bristol Pirates and the Johnson City Cardinals. And it was just a really good, cool baseball game to go to. Um, after the game, like you know, the next couple of days, it was just kind of a relaxing hangout. Um, we took a couple of pistols and rifles and shotguns up there and, you know, a little bit of plinking with the 22, some, you know, shooting clays about three, four days in, um, you know, I'd been doing a few stories on Instagram. Obviously I'm in East Tennessee and I got a, uh, comment on one of the photos and it was just like, you know, benign. Hey, I think it was a story sunset to the west of the house you know looking from the porch and it was one of the guide services in east tennessee and actually by most accounts unless you know it's somebody that's a little bit jealous that is the number one on the south holston river and the watauga river for trophy trout Hmm. um and they're like hey man if you're in town for a few days let us take you out and you know let's do a Let's go out and target big fish. So I answered, of course, and was like, hell yeah, I'm here through whatever day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, give me a text. So we put together a plan in the next morning, which perfectly aligned with the one year anniversary of my father passing away. I spent the better part of six and a half, seven hours on the river focused on fishing. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, didn't didn't end up you know with a trophy brown which is you know what we kind of hope but uh, it's a tailwater the TVA kind of changed up the generation schedule and um, it didn't work out exactly how we'd planned it but we got to rip some streamers get some really good fish on streamer bite and then as the water kind of fell out um, we did a little bit of fishing on low water for some big browns and it's all sight fishing. It's mm-hmm. really, really fucking cool. And uh, Rhett, who's one of the owners of the guide service, absolutely shared what I would say is like intel that probably you're not going to get, you know, on a normal trip. Nice. On fly selection, what sections of the river, here's how he fishes it, here's why he fishes it. And, you know, it, it was just like the most humbling experience of sharing and it was really cool and I I have to say it was probably the highlight 
of my trip because it was on the anniversary of my father passing mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. and to get that kind of um, that that tri- trip to line up yeah that. yeah, it was yeah. Crazy. so it was pretty cool yeah um beyond that we just uh you know spent a lot of time hanging out one of the cool things also was um my dad's got an old 77 f-250 that uh believe it or not after sitting for over a fucking year i turned the key and it started up so um wyatt got to uh spend the week driving this old f-250 around the farm and you know up and down the driveway and honestly uh probably not legal but uh even out on the highway a little bit but you know it's east tennessee Tennessee. um also for being in the middle of nowhere um probably the second day we were there i I think i even sent you guys the story (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) so is it working? Maybe that'll work. All right. All right so uh, there, there was like a police shooting while I was up there. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like, Instincts kick I, in. I, I, I'm no. no. <laughs> so I was actually hanging out talking to my neighbor, and I hear all these sirens. And like, it's like you know, you're like, holy shit, that's a lot of fucking cop cars, and like. You know, we're pretty far off the highway, but we can see. And I'm like, there's like cop car after cop car after cop car. And my neighbor's like, dude, I wonder what's going on. I was like, that many cars? Somebody shot at the police. Something's going down. And it turns out some fucking crazy motherfucker that had a warrant. Somebody called and said, hey. He wasn't going back. That guy you're looking for is over by the airport. Now, like, that's like 15 (laughs) miles away. Yeah. So, like, they send a deputy out, and sure enough, they they see the dude. They try to stop him. He takes off. And this is, like, total Dukes of Hazzard shit. He's, like, driving, (laughs) shooting out the window back at the cop. And they chase him, like, 20 miles. Goes right by our place. You know, nowhere close. I'm like, you know, until he gets close to where he's from his house pulls over stops gets out points the gun at the fucking you know all the gonna sh- take me alive copper <laughs> yeah, he was right yeah he was right <laughs> it was it was all over bet that up so <laughs> so it was like we it was kind of like that juxtaposition of you know having come from orlando metro where yeah. you know like police shootings aren't normal but they're not out of the ordinary and to be in like around yeah you're, the you're basically. all the way up in east tennessee expecting like chilled out <laughs> like nothing going on and then there's like a police pursuit goes yeah. by your house it's kind of weird um it's like that show justified what is that oh, oh yeah man yeah that, that's awesome <laughs> oh you gotta you gotta look it up it's it's insane netflix yeah yeah yeah, I think I think you'd find it on Netflix. Um, trophy water guide service. I can't say enough. I th- you know that they treated me right. Um, just an amazing trip. And um, while I was in Tennessee, and this will be the segue from Larry talking about himself and his miserable life to <laughs> get you guys more involved. <laughs> what a fucking wonderful thing i saw on instagram 
our dear friends. Oh, the the newlyweds. Wilds and Bree got Mm -hmm. married. Mr. and Mrs. Drake. Mm -hmm. How fucking cool was that, man? That was uh, surprising. Well, it wasn't <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, not really, but it like, wasn't like a big announcement. Well, well yeah. I didn't necessarily I mean, expect marriage. I was like, I bet they get engaged. That's which, where I was. Yeah, they did, yeah. which they did for two days. It's actually it was it was pretty sweet. Yeah, I think it was Brie who had the story. While I was like, or she was like, I wasn't planning on them uh, like us having an engagement because we had talked about it. And two days before he got down on one knee and said, "Will you marry me on Wednesday?" <laughs> I was like, that's that's so perfect. Well, you could say that he moves as fast as his boats. All right. Oh. Nice and smooth. Nice and smooth. He's a smooth <laughs> operator. Mm. And we actually got postcards from the newlyweds. That's awesome. Oh, that's cool. So <laughs> when we got back, we had postcards from the newlyweds, one of which was even signed by both of the dogs, which is pretty fucking cool. I didn't know they could write like that, but oh, yeah. reasonable handwriting. So meanwhile, <laughs> you, you've, got, you've got you've got ship, yeah. Those two getting married out there, and friend of the show, Leslin, mm-hmm. was out there a week or two before they went out and got married. Right. This is Montana applying for jobs, and she actually sent us a postcard to say, "Hey, I'm out in Montana." <laughs> I'm trying to get a job, and I should be getting a job. I'm hoping to get a job. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching on Instagram, she's on her way out because she's moving to Montana because yeah. she just got a job. That she is. Right she, ask if she can use you as a reference. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to use me as a reference because I always talk about the goat story, and it usually doesn't go over very well. Is that the one about the three-legged goat? No, it's about the how much you love the goat. <laughs> Ben's a great guy, except for his love for goats. There. So, in my spook days, we used to tell we used to tell this joke about a three legged pig, and we were in a uh, heavily halal country. Oh, nice! And we had to change it to a three legged goat so we could <laughs> so tell the story. <laughs> yeah, without offending anybody. So. I do that with a lot of my jokes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that trip that they got married on was like uh It was the never ending trip. I, I actually trip. enjoyed watching and yeah. seeing where all they had gone. Mm-hmm. And you know I was actually waiting for the announcement that they were just gonna continue doing that forever. Right. Right. We we sold the house. Yeah, we're, we're gone. We're out. Yeah. I hope you got the boat that you wanted because we're no longer building boats. Yeah. Um you know, the, the cool thing, Leslin um, just posted stories in the last 24 hours at Custer State Park mm-hmm. uh, with the buffaloes yeah, and, yeah. and the jackass crossing the road. Mm-hmm. God, I wish I could remember exactly how old I was, but my father um, used to take us on like summer-long camping trips, and I've camped at Custer, at Custer State yeah. Park. Yeah, so it was like... Kind of like that whole memory road thing yeah. again, but um, what what an awesome! F- I mean, like yeah. So the crazy thing was when they took off on that trip out west, they did like the Blitzkrieg on the way out. It was mm-hmm. like they they were like thirty, thirty five, forty hours, like just driving, just going, just going, 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 going. And then once they got out there, it was like. They went all the way out to what Idaho, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was a little uh, fog hat, slow ride. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of wandered around and like, you know, oh, this looks fish. good. Let's camp here. Yeah. Fish a bit. Which was super cool because they had a bunch of like, it's in the dark. I think we can stop here and sleep moments where when they like got up and moving, it wound up being like either a really cool location, super pretty right next to water. They wanted to fish. Right. It was awesome. I was a little jealous. I think that tent would fit on the Saturn. Probably. Rooftop. Yeah. It, it's going to happen. <laughs> the, uh, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it would work on the Saturn until the Saturn has more stickers on it. You're, <laughs> you know, I just saw the Saturn for the first time in a long time just the other day. You only have two stickers on it, well, bro. But it's double. It's been a 100% increase since the time before that you saw it. <laughs> um, if you double on a monthly basis... That's a pretty good APR. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a great APR. But the, uh, it's kind of those things like I forget. Like my sticker box is at my house, and I'm almost never there. I'm like either on the highway or at work. And I got to just like my next day off, I need to just kind of go a little crazy. Just do a little stickering. Just like schedule that. And like I have to write lists on my day off of like what I want to do, whether it's like. So speaking of stickers, Rich. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> you, you've been working on some new stickers lately, yeah? Coming, yeah. I got some stuff for ladies and for kids coming up. Oh, ladies and kids, oh, yeah. <laughs> ladies and kids. That's right. We got <laughs> some stuff for ladies and kids too. What is this stickers? Actually, they might be perfect for the floral ladies. You'll see when they come out, a little tattooish looking. Oh, oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you been consulting with anyone? I might have been consulting with a certain uh, sticker maven that you and I both know, and. Uh, He's doing. It. He does a pretty good job. We Sticker like juggernaut. That's right. <laughs> Both. We, the we actually, and the manufacturer. We actually have a new sticker coming out. By the time you're yep. hearing this, you oh, probably right. only got a day or two until on Instagram you will see the Trash Sat one. I'm it's thoroughly a, excited It's about a this. mission patch. Have I showed it to you No, yet? I haven't seen it yet. I have not. Oh, wow. wow. Hold on. So we're going to go ahead and get Rich's first impression <clears throat> Uh, you know, because we're located where? We're in the Taylor Park, mm-hmm. which, if it wasn't Tropical Storm and all smoky like you were trying to accuse us of being. It's, like, it's, it's, he's trying to say that we have smog, smog like, no, like we're in on, L.A. On or way, something. On the way out, there were a lot of, uh, so, they were burning some, some uh, clear trees, so I figured maybe they were just blowing <laughs> yeah. We don't have clear trees. We have palm trees and oaks. No clear well, trees. Well, it's, it's oh, no, pronounced clearing. clear water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just no. It's, it's so anyway. We're on the space coast. Yep. So we thought that since we're on the space coast, and Carl and I have gone out and taken in space launches, mm-hmm. um, it might be appropriate since we're almost as famous as astronauts. Yeah, we're pretty much astronauts. Yeah. We, we should do uh, some kind of uh, space mission patch-esque. Oh, that's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? That is really that's cool. That's trash sat one. Did, uh, is this Justin's work? No. No? No. This is pretty cool. It's actually a collaboration with Chris White. Uh, if you listen to his podcast episode... Um, when he was in a couple of weeks back, once we finished up, I've got a napkin that's laying over there in the, in the living room where I had sketched something up and I said, Chris, take a look at this. This is my idea. 
And over the course of a couple of weeks, he came back and he's like, is this what you were thinking? I was like, that's fucking mm, perfect. That's nice. <laughs> I like I like the prototype. Flat yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Orbiting the moon. It's pretty yeah. sick. Nobody knows where it's going to make an appearance at any time. Yeah. Pretty so. nice. That's that's, that's the next cool. that's nice. So I think if we went to Kennedy Space Center, they'd probably give us the same like pins. Oh yeah, give little For kids sure. like honorary astronaut pins. <laughs> uh, like the pilots do. Yeah, like the little yeah. you know little lapel pin thing, and then we could probably also get some uh, space ice cream. Oh, I do. You know, I'll be honest down. with you. I've never tried space ice cream. I was like, going to bring down. I got like foam packs in my house. So foam. Bring it in. I should have. Is that is that keto? No, it's not. That's why I have so many of them. I took the nieces and nephew camping and they're like little backyard camping. Uh-huh. And you have to make the snacks important. That's what kids. Yeah, about. right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't like it. Okay. Because it wasn't soft and creamy. Well, they're not. It's, they're it's, not astronauts. They're not yeah. grateful. Right. It's foam. <laughs> Did you guys wake up in the morning and have tang? No, we mm. just did the sort of, you know, watched YouTube until they got tired and then slept outside <laughs> on the back porch. That's like traditional. Okay. Oh, yeah, we're camping. Yeah. Suburbs. But, Uncle uh, Richie, what's the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Richie, I pee-peed in my pants. That's a cool sticker. That's, uh, I think, do we need to start a, uh, instead of a... Um, well, the, uh, GoFundMe, maybe a Go Sticker Me campaign for Ben to, to put all over the, the car. <laughs> oh, oh wow. no. Oh, Ben's wow. everything from like Ben's not down. just fly fishing. It could be anything. And but, but what, like, what, 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 what yeah. if yeah. he receives it, it has to go on? <laughs> now then, then, <laughs> but but like thirty there's, days. There's nothing that says that if you get two stickers you can't put one over the other. It just has uh, to like okay. layer up. Okay. It has <laughs> to go on. So Ben might be on being going like a future episode going, I need stickers. No. I fucking Please. really need if stickers. I beg, you better come to my aid. <laughs> so if you send stickers to what what were we calling it? What are we calling it? What do you mean? Go sticker me. Yeah. Ben's go the, sticker me. My campaign. go stick me. <laughs> Not sexually. Well, <laughs> you got to be careful with the word. <laughs> yeah. Um, GoStickMe.com doesn't really work down here. Right. Well, well, it works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> Not you you just, uh, just your computer won't when you're done. Um, <laughs> go sticker me. Go sticker me. Fun. And, uh, you make have it to rain. Put it on. You know, I think I think we should start in. Um, Tomorrow's assignment, Ben, is to take a picture of the Saturn. Okay. So that I can post it on the Instagram. Okay. And announce that this <laughs> pathetic excuse <laughs> of stickering has to be fixed. And the Go Sticker Me begins today, and Ben will apply any sticker that you send. <laughs> so. Don't worry, Ben, I've got lots of extra stickers if you need to put one on and then immediately cover it. I can, <laughs> well, I can so help here's you there. The, here's the funny part, and, and I have to own it. So I got a new phone the other day. Yes, you did. And the guy was like, do you want to like pay for insurance? I said, no. <laughs> he said, do you want us to, if you pay for insurance and we install a screen protector on there, First off, this is like the worst sell ever. He's like, if, it, if that screen protector cracks or peels up, we will replace it for free for the life of the phone. I was like, great. They cost eight bucks. Not interested. <laughs> and then I go to leave. He's like, D- are you going to get a case? I, just, I said, I like to live dangerously. Mm-hmm. 
I'm more afraid of the stickers that come in <laughs> dropping this phone without a case right now. You should be afraid of makebensticky.com. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, spam alert. Jeez. <laughs> I'm down, though. I'll, I'll abide by the rules. It's uh, gonna look this like is the a... law according to the rules, and if you send it, I will stick it, but please don't. Guys, I got to, like, <laughs> visit my parents at a boat ramp. Don't make this hard for me. <laughs> Um, ben, we've been noticing that you're always backing into the parking spot. What's that about? I like backing up. Again, not that great. No. <laughs> well, um, I guess probably uh, since we're talking about stickers and, and such things, right now would be a good time to peer across the ocean to the horizon Oh, wait. What is it I see? Mail barge. <laughs> the mail barge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Todd Hansen up, up in Glen Allen, Virginia. Yes. Um, I, I teased a little bit of this on stories. He actually sent a pretty awesome mail barge package. We have one of the libraries that he apparently purchased and sent to us from the Fiberglass Manifesto. Manifesto. Mm -hmm. So uh, we will actually, if you guys are okay with it, I think we'll find a place somewhere that doesn't have a library here locally. I like it. And do a TFM library location Mm -hmm. here for the lagoon. And I'm thinking maybe on a channel marker or somewhere on the water would would be cool. He also sent stickers. Here we go. This will start it off. All right. So because I've already seen it, I'm going to be really quick and like claim the one that I want. (laughs) I wonder if the mail barge guy worked through the hurricane. I think he did. I think he did. I think he just diverted over here instead of staying, you know, local. So uh, awesome card um, from the wonderful mind of Paul Puckett at Flood Tide Co. Uh-oh, we got a sticker that kind of stuck a little bit. And he says, to Salt Bum and the crew, enjoy, love the podcast, Todd Hansen. Pretty cool. Howler Monkey. Howler yeah. Monkey. Sweet. Are you super fly? Oh, okay. Oh, yep. yeah. Pat Cohen. Pat Cohen. Pat Cohen. Dude, he ties some insane sick stuff. Uh, Fiberglass Manifesto. This is a Michigan art series. Or no, I'm sorry, Wisconsin art sticker. Uh, Very cool artwork in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, Castaway Customs, a Flood Tide Co., a Costa, and I really want this one if nobody wants to arm wrestle me for it. It's a Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Bonefish. That's killer. With like all the flags oh, where they're doing work. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm going to slide that over here. And if you guys want to pick through the stickers, Ben, ben I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass it to you and you can oh, pick yeah. whatever goes on the Saturn first. Right. Sounds like oh, a plan. start Coast there. Now, now <laughs> while he's looking sure. at that, right I have to tell you, First, that's okay. Th- that. This is by, like probably one of the coolest mail barge things that I've personally gotten, and and I know it's for me. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't one of those Larry's grabbing it. This is like, yeah. it's got to be for Larry. Oh, snap. Nice. So, you sure? Because it looked real good on the front of the Saturn, so, whatever it is. So Todd <laughs> has a friend that works for the state of Virginia at, at the DMV. No way. That's pretty cool. <sighs> and he got me. This feels oh, good. Right a fucking salt bum. Tag. This feels with like a book trout. With a book trout on it. It's a sample. sample. It's oh, okay. a sample. Okay. Which uh, I'll cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how fucking rad is that, dude? Man. I was like, to hang whole... that from the back of the polling platform. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> sick. That'll be cool. So. That's pretty cool. Damn, I've never seen people get uh, real ones like that before. So I, I was like, this feels naughty. This is awesome. Does <laughs> that mean you know a dude in prison? Uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. You got, some, right. you got some good friends. Yeah, man. Well, we love it when the mail barge pulls up <laughs> in the dock. He was doing a little so, stretch, so he made him like it. <laughs> so our, our next package, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. Ooh. AT Aliens. On... Miami Outcast. Circle. Oh, oh, that would be. Anybody know where Miami Circle is? That'd be Fishhawk. Uh, it is yeah. the Fishhawk. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Richie saw it. Richie saw it. So Show us what we lost out on. We got some awesome Fishhawk <laughs> merchandise. Dude. Check out this fucking. What? Sun Gear. <laughs> wow. I like it. That's great. Who's that stud? An awesome hat. Is that Gary? Is that the owner? <laughs> no, no, no. It's not Gary. Uh, from the Fishhawk. Nice. Oh, nice. This is so more white, man. Now. Who's <laughs> <laughs> that guy? The, guy, the, guys, the guys at the Fishhawk actually listen to the show at the shop and. They really appreciate, you know, some of the silliness that we bring to their day. So, Aaron, who goes by Moving Waters, at Moving Waters on Instagram, included um, a note and said uh, that he knows that I like Paul Puckett artwork, and he thought he'd send over a few things. Thanks for all the entertainment. And one of the things that he sent... That's pretty fucking rad. Um, it's Paul Puckett artwork, mm. and it's it's like classic collectible because it's not available anymore. Okay, and selfishly, it's okay, <laughs> greedily, right? I had hoped it would be mine, but I'll. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. It's not my size. Oh. It's not my Ooh, size. It's a fight to the death between Ben and Mark. No, Mark. It's not Mark's size either. No. Um, and so, Is it like a child. Selfishly, <laughs> selfishly, <laughs> mm-hmm. I decided. I decided that since the shirt that came that was, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm, I, I have an infatuation with Paul Puckett. He's a pretty cool. <laughs> dude. He is a pretty cool dude, and his art's amazing. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to pass on the Paul Puckett shirt, mm-hmm. so I'll just take the hat. Okay. Okay. And. Uh, so, this, this is this is truly a piece of classic artwork, and marks out because it's not Correct. his size either. So it comes down to Ben and Carl, Boston and, employee, and Carl. Florida. Carl, what color shirt are you wearing right now? I'm in gray. I'm in a Heather gray. And 
And honestly, sport gray. it was white, right? Honestly, working <laughs> man. I'm pretty sure that Carl pretty much always wears. I gray. tried, yeah, yeah, I tried. So this is a white shirt. Mm-hmm. Now, Ben, mm-hmm. I'm looking at your shirt right now. <laughs> Don't bring up the coffee Yeah, I'm looking, and I'm thinking because I, I even yeah. said this to my lovely bride. I said, Shannon, you know, I, I'm just really concerned. Ben sometimes will make poor decisions and wear shirts oh, I've to work. Poor decisions that should otherwise probably not be worn to work, and they get ruined. And can I trust Ben with a piece of classic Paul Puckett artwork on a T-shirt? Will he respect it and only wear it and at the appropriate it? time? Will he cherish it? Art? Oh yeah, for sure. So because JB this, the reason right. like I've got a few. Flood Tide Co. shirts that make it to work, but it's the ones that have gotten stained over the years for this, that, or the other reason. They don't start out clean at the shop. Okay, they well, go because I can't wear them anywhere else. I, I would, I would advance the the idea mm-hmm. that you might they don't wanna, even wear it at all. Th- no, that you might, you might debut it. Okay, at the Taylor's Ball. At the Taylor's Ball, mm, because down. this is classic Paul okay. Puckett. They're gonna be like, who are you wearing? You can be like Paul Puckett. <laughs> Oh. oh, I'm sorry. It's just a fish hawk shirt. Okay. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but it's the fish hawk shirt mm-hmm. that Paul Puckett did the artwork for. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's Chasing badass. Tales. Chasing <laughs> Tales is 1974. And it's pretty accurate. The date's and, 92. But. And you cannot get this any longer. This is a retired okay. long sleeve. There you go, buddy. We almost stayed yeah, it. We almost you, we broke up. that in. Well, I appreciate it. I won't. Uh, oh no, I'm I still digging. Who's this old white gentleman? On I'm this still digging this blue rag here. And how I get? Okay, so and, and in order power. for you to to be, you know, a little bit of comfort level, yep. you've got a fish hawk sticker in case you, you need to cover that. something. Yeah, it's it's almost gonna be like Ben's gonna have cover up. Not tattoos, but cover-up stickers. I mm-hmm. think I want to make the Fiddler Crab walking across somebody's sticker on my car. Mm-hmm. There you like, go. That'd be cool. <laughs> so anyway, Aaron, thanks a bunch, buddy. We yeah, love the Mail uh, Barge package. It was freaking awesome. Still wondering who the Caucasian fellow is. <laughs> 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 I'm looking him up right now. How, like I said, I'm going to send him a jetpeg of Carl. He actually he actually has an uh, Instagram account. It's very not very active, but... Uh, this guy? Yeah. Is that yeah. Crazy Larry? No, no, it's not Crazy Larry. <laughs> what about Sane Larry? I bet he owns Scott Flyrot. Um, He's actually been on um, Barely Live. Mm. They've crank called him a few times. I'm not going to tell you guys who he is. I'm going to make you guys do the if research. They've crank called him. It's got to be. Uh, and it was all about the Miami address. Miami. 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 Well, that ain't Flip. No, it's not Flip. It's not Gary Merriman. Gary owns the shop. It's the the other dude. Yeah, it's the other Um, dude. I can't remember his name. I'll figure it out. But is that not an awesome? It's it's pretty funny. I saw the wheels turning on Rich. Oh, I'm ready to put Dude, that's a Grizz item. That's a Grizz item for fucking sure. Absolutely. Oh, there we go. Custom. I got it. Yeah. No art fees. Mm. Oh, and by by the way, I I, I almost forgot. <laughs> Part of the package, there's a fish hawk koozie. Nice, oh, yeah. nice. That's collab with uh, a barbecue joint. a barbecue joint. 
And we have some classic, good, <laughs> clean living koozies and some True Flies koozies. Carl, what was the name of the barbecue place we passed today? In oh, Holly it was Hill. like. Oh, what was it? Damn so, so as our guest, bump and grind, Rich, bump and grind. Would, you, would yeah. you like a Paul Puckett tarpon or a classic flood tide scene? I like the flood tide scene. There you go. Killer. We got a bunch of these. Like a landscape awesome. type of dude. No, yeah. And and the true flies are also Paul Puckett artwork. So, boys, oh, reach so, out, grab what you want. So, I have that one already. I'm going you, for that one. You have this one? Yeah, okay, so, so Carl like, wants that one. You want the true yeah, flies. You're right. Thank you. Nice. Mark took the true flies, and I've got the tarpon. There you go. Awesome. Dink and flicker. Well, it's been another wonderful Excellent visit of gosh. the mail barge. Thank you, Mailman Barry. <laughs> all right. So, uh, let's take a break because it's about all my we're, bladder can take. And uh, we'll be back in a few minutes to uh, continue rambling about the nonsense that we always ramble about, which is nothing at all. Fresh new yeah. beer. Some have them wrapped in koozies. Others don't have such hope for a long life for their beer. <laughs> some of us are pounding yoo-hoo's hard. Yeah, there's some Dr. Pepper and yoo-hoo getting fucking pounded tonight. It's a uh, so uh, another wacky Wednesday on the horizon. In the uh, and I, I fucking hate this word. The industry mm-hmm. in the fly fishing industry mm-hmm. is uh, a little trip to Denver for the International Fly Tackle Dealers yeah. Association yes. convention. Is it a convention? I think so. International Fly Tackle Dealer Show. We'll call it a convent. IFTD at the <laughs> uh, Colorado Convention Center. Yeah. It's a, uh, we always call it the dealer show. Okay. Not the consumer show. It, but, you know, I noticed over the last four years in Orlando, yes. there's a lot of consumers that find their way to the show. Um, and I think mostly to walk around with their palm up, knuckles down. Oh yeah, in hopes of free swag yep. mm-hmm. and stuff we all get. I I remember pretty vividly that 
the show being in Denver in the past, it was kind of the joke that the Dirtfoot Mountain Hippies would come down out of the mountains every year for the show for the free swag. And that was kind of one of the discouraging factors of why they left Denver because it, it became more of a, even though you can't go there and buy anything. That's what we mean by right, it's not right, a consumer right. show, but man, the mountain hippies can smell free product <laughs> mm-hmm. probably better than they can smell free weed. So, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't so, know. I, don't I know, know some of the people you know, that have changed since yeah. Maybe things have changed since right. weed right. is legal. Right. Um, well, but, I know uh, certain people have started making a lot less money. <laughs> <laughs> Those mountain hippies. Yeah. Mm. That's why they need the free swag. River rats, really. Yeah. Right. They, they've got guys at the show that basically want to see your credentials. They look at it pretty hard. I think they moved to Orlando Yeah, um, to grow the show, to basically tag team it with iCast and right. grow it, but it's not really... Did it grow? It's not the scene. It did, you know, but it's just not the right scene. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's hard to have a classy display next to... You know, chicks with stacks <laughs> of um, cocaine. Yeah. Cocaine swag. It's hard being in the Sims display with the classy ladies and the pants and shirts and clean cut next to a woman with bikinis and fish print leggings, right. yep. basically hugging guys to give away free product. Right. It's a, but you know, right decision. Wrong so, so as a shop owner, um, you're obviously headed out to Denver to I take am. in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard anything as far as like new product that you're looking forward to checking out? So, so the awkwardness of this year's show is, um, AFTA actually has to cater to its members. Okay. The people that are members like show of AFTA. No, just people that's a, that mm-hmm. are members of AFTA that basically pay yearly to mm-hmm. be represented by the trade <clears throat> association. Mm-hmm. And when they surveyed them, it was overwhelmingly apparent that the show needed to be at a time when it wasn't busy for most of those members. And most of the members in the entire industry, whether you like it or not, is run by trout fishing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the Rocky Mountains like overwhelmingly <laughs> voted to have it when it wasn't busy for them uh-huh. in October. Okay. That's fine. Except I've got all my 2020 stuff by October 15th. I've got the new Scott Rods in my shop now. I got new Sims product in my shop now. Oh, it's late. Oh, so you're saying yeah. it's too late. Yeah. So it's, it's, everybody's already ordered yeah, everything. My Sims 2020 preseason, I've already done it. I, I know what I'm getting from Sims next year. It's already, it's already done. I don't need to see it. So it becomes less of an opportunity to see new product and to speak with people. And it becomes more of a networking event to talk with folks, to see some cool stuff, meet some new people. Steve Rinella from uh-huh. Eater is yeah. the... You know, the keynote, keynote speaker breakfast speaker. Yeah, um, that's going to be pretty cool. But aside from that, I mean, you know, it's so for an East Coast guy, it's it's not as important to go anymore. Huh. Well, um, and and hmm. so let's well, let's for a product uh, a product observation. But let's let's drill down into that. Mm-hmm. Like, are all of the Rocky Mountain west of the Mississippi shops 
have they been just so busy that they don't real they haven't seen the 2020 but stuff? When the stuff is ready to show in June and July, those guys are rocking. It's hopper season. Guys are you know ripping. They're too all busy to they care. Just, they, they they just don't have yeah. the opportunity to yeah. to sit down and they cannot pack their stuff up and drive to Denver or fly to Denver for mm-hmm. a three or four day show because they're losing that much in revenue. You know, mm-hmm. So um, it's understandable. I get it. Okay, so you actually believe legit they're going to actually be shopping for the first time they're, they're going to be, be seeing, seeing stuff, stuff for the first time, time. Yeah. okay um and everybody from the east coast is going to be out there going where's the fucking weed well, anybody that, <laughs> anybody, that's gonna, anybody that's got a really good rep has already been to their and shop rep, already them. drug dealer wink wink <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody's got a good Nudge product rep man. from any of the major brands we've already seen it okay yeah interesting what's, perspective um, okay what's the 2020 Heat, like what's the what's the new? What's so, the cool that you got coming you know, in? There's a lot of cool new rods coming out. Some lower price stuff. My so far, my favorite um, has actually been the new Scott rod. The Scott Sector is a pretty it's, badass rod. So what is it? Lower price meaning like starter kits. So Sage has a rod that are made for bass. Um, okay. Then they priced it a little bit lower, than like five hundred and fifty bucks as opposed to the nine hundred dollar. Yeah. Um, so is this like bass it's like three? It's called the payload. The payload. And it's made to throw bigger bugs. So it can carry the payload. That's right. That's right. They're, does uh, it come with a line like uh, the old does, bass product? It does not. It does not. Okay. I believe it's eight foot nine inches. Um, so it's a little bit on the shorter side, but it actually is a little softer and helps load up real well and bomb those big bugs out, which is kind of cool. Now, in the past, um, and I do, I do have one of the original bass rods. I want to say mine's supposed to be, in, you know, the bass is the eight weight. Um, Largemouth was a 330 grain rod. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm yeah. like 330 grain line came with it. Mm-hmm. And then two years, I think it lasted. And then they came out with the newest version of it. Yeah, so they started with two lines. They started with a... Um, a uh, 290, which was a smallmouth bass, and a 330. And then they decided to grow the line, and it became... They even had the bluegill. Yep, they came out with the bluegill, which uh-huh. was like 230 grains. And then they came out with um, uh, the peacock bass. Oh, I didn't know that. Which was uh, like 390 grains. It was supposed to be for, for like n- peacocks. Like yeah. nine, that's nine weight. Yeah. Right. Well, nine technically is like uh, 190 grains or something like that. But that 330, that was large... And the reason behind all of that is... Uh, so... <clears throat> My original memory of the Bass series rods that came out from Sage, it was like an attempt to cross over um, professional bass fishing tournaments. There's a length oh, restriction on rods. Yeah, yeah. So they, they said, okay, well, if we're going to have to shorten up the fly rod to sub nine foot, and I want to say my 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 largemouth rod, which it might be up there. No, it's at the it's at the house in Castleberry. It's eight foot ten inches, which brought it in an inch below what's allowable, or it's like right at the maximum. Yeah, so, so to get that short rod to load and to carry a, a like a big bass bug, like mm-hmm. a spun deer hair fly, they went with that heavier line i mean i love that rod Mm -hmm. i fucking love that rod because i can put whatever i want on it and i can absolutely like a dart 
into a hole in the mangroves, under a freaking dock, mm-hmm. wherever I want to put it. I mean, because you're just like, you're chucking a freaking dart right where you want it. I, I'd i say that market is probably new up and comer. It's changed a lot. I mean, the, yeah. the, the bass guidelines in all the tournaments, the rod cannot be eight feet or longer. Okay. So your rod is seven foot, 11 inches for that reason. Seven, 11. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Also, the rod was designed to basically fish during a normal tournament when you're pitching Cinco's and crankbaits and... Uh, you know, you want to be able to take that fly rod and throw a popper or a mouse underneath an overhanging branch. So you're using a pendulum cast and kind of throwing it sidearm, but uh-huh. it's still picking up and carrying it. The problem with that is it also states in those same bass guidelines that say your rod can't be eight feet, that you're not allowed to use fly rods. So Oh, it did? Yeah. So what they were trying to do is get people at these bass tournaments to say, okay, you know what? Let's see if we can let them compete. And they just never changed it because... It's a bass tournament. That's what they want to use. And so right. it's fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Weird. Okay, so Sage has the new payload. Um, Abel has the new, what is it, the Via? Yeah, so the Via, which everybody will pronounce it, it's pronounced differently in different places. If you are from Argentina, it's pronounced Vaja. I don't know if mm-hmm, any of us mm-hmm. would like to fish this <laughs> new Abel badge mm-hmm. reel, but it's pretty nice. Uh, it's like 550 bucks or something, 595 It's pretty nice. It's got yeah. uh, the April badge. <laughs> no, you said <laughs> Abel badge. badge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Pretty pretty nice reel. <laughs> um, but some good stuff. They're actually uh, doing a good job. Uh, Ross Reels is reissuing yeah. their San Miguel. Okay. It's pretty sexy looking real. No idea what the price is yet. I'm still working on that. <laughs> they were expensive, weren't they? Uh, they were. I had some like five. Yeah. Now I had some well, three, three and change when they first came out, but they jumped to five. So with the ones. with the new Scott, it, yeah. is it you're saying it's like in the five bills? No, range. no, no, no. The payload is in the five bills. The new Scott rod is like five hundred, uh, nine hundred eighty five bucks. Okay, <laughs> it's it's oh, high end. But what they're yeah. doing is they're actually adding a new mesh on top of the graphite that stiffens it a little bit, but okay. also. It's not a selling point because there's no way to say that this is true, but it also mitigates clousers and weighted flies from cracking your rod when it oh when nice it hits the sure it's it supposed does. to do that that's that's the idea um, let me fish one for right, I was gonna say one. yeah let me fish one for one so okay so to that end okay TFO uh, in the last. 30 days because I, I can't narrow it down any closer than that. I saw like Fordyce and Flip and mm-hmm. all those guys were like, oh, a Blaine Chocolate. You know, it's like, thanks so much, TFO, for letting me, like, you know, get out here and check out these prototype rods as a as an owner of a fly shop. So, how often do you feel? one or two or three big names actually sell fly rods versus me saying to Mark, dude, I just got an opportunity to throw the new Waterworks Lampson saltwater series and I have it in eight weight and I have it in six weight. I haven't thrown the six weight yet, but the eight weight is freaking awesome. How often do you think me telling Mark my experience with that rod 
will lead him to trying it and possibly buying it versus hearing that Flip so I think, has endorsed it. I think the difference is in who the influencers are. Okay. You're a local influencer with some of your friends, but these are name brand people who are across the industry and people when they see either their social media feed or in the advertisements that they put in magazines or on television, they see that person using it and it sort of snaps in their head and reminds them to check out the new Temple Forks Axiom X that's coming out, which mm-hmm. I haven't seen, but I hear good things about it. Um, I'll see it in a couple of weeks. But, you know, it's, it's, it's who the person is that's doing the influencing. Um, Isn't it kind of weird? Because I'll be honest with you. get paid for this. Yeah. So you look to people. What's weirder is, that you I, I'm not going to say any names out loud. Um, I've been around people that are influencers. They're mm-hmm. paid influencers. And you look under their gunnels, and you're like, wait a second. I thought you would have right. A, B, or C under here, and this isn't. And you told like, me to go buy this. Why don't you have it? Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, well, that's. Job from what they're, they're real yeah. You know, yeah. Some people just do that. Some people are really good at it. And I mean, if you watch the whole Fire Festival stuff on Netflix, <laughs> you see what influencing does to right. your product. Right. That's true. And, you know, in a, in a best case scenario, you get, you know, 25,000 people show up for your, your job. Worst case scenario, you got to so, suck dick for a couple of cases of water. I so, mean, <laughs> I got Fire Festival show. So, so, but what I'm getting, what I'm getting at, and I'm just asking you, because, you know, you, you run, you run a fly shop in Washington, D.C. Do you, do you see any kind of change in the industry coming or starting to happen where because social media makes influencers on many different levels the high-end influencer that that macro influencer is kind of losing influence versus seeing what people are doing on a on a moral level, I think the field. industry as a whole. I've been in the industry for about twenty years, mm-hmm. and I've seen it go from the fly shop is the sole source to get your information right. to anybody that's got a YouTube channel. And unfortunately, it it's gone that way, and it continues to go that way because of a change in how people perceive their life needs to be. Um, I'm not knocking any generation whatsoever for the way they do things, but. You know, current generation, it's very much. I need, I need now. I need answers now. Mm-hmm. I need right. response now. It's very. I mean, these guys sometimes they don't even take people on a date to get laid. They swipe right because they want it now. They right. want the end product right away. Right. And it's the same thing happens in the fly fishing industry. People basically they want to see the advertisement. They want to go pick it up, and they want to be able to catch the largest trout ever. And you see that in social media now. The same thing happens with those influencers. You know, people are sort of. Uh, everybody wants to be the guy or the girl, and they basically put photos up until eventually maybe somebody pays no notice and right. maybe gives them an ambassadorship or something like that. And we can go on about. <laughs> I feel like there was like definitely like a long game to where it was pre-social media, uh, you know, television people, whatever. There were some big, there were bigger stars 
Sure, yeah. there wasn't very many of them. Yeah, but they they yeah. sort of had the guns and the the backing to prove oh, yeah. that they knew yeah. their shit. Yeah, yeah. Mark Sosin. Yeah, and you watch Jose Webb and you watch these shows. Yeah. and these and you're guys, like, man, those guys catch yeah. big crazy fish all over the place all the time. But I did, that wasn't something yeah. where I was like, I can go do that yeah, tomorrow. But the thing is, they weren't just the Saturday afternoon TV show star. They, yeah. That's not all they did. They put the time in the world. Right. Oh yeah, they go to every show. They do these these talks, mm-hmm. and a lot of guys just want to show up. And hey, I got a great you know. A uh, new product that I'm going to show off to my Instagram friends, and I'm going to become. Well, and that's the it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know kind of behind mean? my question to you is, you know, th- there are certainly still big names out there, Miami, mm-hmm. that you know you look and you say probably a, a, a good product, you know, just by virtue of. The reputation, willingness to put their reputation at stake for this product, but there's also a tremendous, and like you just said, there's a tremendous number of social media, quote unquote, influencers that are like tier two, tier three, but we've, I I think we've talked about it a lot, and and I certainly feel this for sure, is 12 months ago, 18 months ago, those influencers have kind of been exposed, the, the tier two, tier threes, of are they really influencers or were they just good at social media? Because the more you follow or look, you're like, wait a second, that's really not legit. And my question is, are the companies cognizant and aware of who there? Who, who, yeah. Who's really representing them? Because there's some people that you know during the breaks we'll talk about, and we're like, "Are what kind of shit show is that going on?" Mm-hmm. Hashtag this, hashtag the other, and it's mm-hmm. like yeah. I, I'm to the point where I'm not buying hashtag that because if that's what you really think represents mm-hmm. what I may want, what I want, yeah, then uh, the, you're out. definitely yeah, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Eject, yeah. eject. Yeah, I think, and I'm hoping that it's coming yeah. full circle because so, no, it's it's tough to to guess whether or not it is. You know, so as as a whole, just looking at it, influencers are social media mavens. Um, they're selling themselves. They're not just selling the products because they're the influencer. Yours. They want themselves to be the product, and you see that, you know on the west coast of the united states where right. somebody's i've got a million followers and i'm self-made and your daddy was a millionaire and so was your mom and you know you sell lipstick um you know and that people aren't buying it because lipstick is amazing it's because that person wears it um and you see the same thing in the industry where there are some people blaine chocolate prime example incredible guy that guy is he, he lives and breathes every word that he puts out there no plastic on his boat when you go fishing you may be fishing in a plastic boat in a clack but there's no plastic bottles. He goes buys a big five gallon jug, and he fills Yetis, you know, little coolers with them, and uh, you know the the bottles and the ramblers. Mm-hmm. And he lives by. And he, that man can fish, man. That put me. We fished with him on a musky trip, and you know, musky is supposed to be fished ten thousand casts, and we moved seventeen and caught two in one day. Right. And that's because he's true to what he puts out there. A lot of guys are like that. Flip, same deal. Flip is one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. Um, very. Low key, very quiet, but super knowledgeable and uh, you know spiritual, and very good guy to sit and talk to. And the guy can fucking fish, man. He can put down and catch fish. And he's up there in age, and you know, I'm sure, I'm sure when he was younger, he was 
you know, slinging it with the best of them and being able to hang out super late. But that guy lives and breathes every word that comes out of his mouth is legit. And then there are the people that get exposed on FFBI or any of the other Instagram (laughs) pages that really, and some of them are awesome, you know, some of them are not so much. Um, I got into a bait with somebody who showed me a photo of good-looking girl, and she's holding up, you know, two little snappers or something to cover her chest. And I go scrolling through the page, and she's got two trout and hashtag catch and release, and she's lipping them like largemouth bass. And you know, <laughs> some people just are, are there for the photo op, right? And some people are there because they love the industry, and that's what they do, and they believe in what they do. So I, I I'm a big believer of late that more important than the social media influencers are actually the social media disruptors. And I'm going to go ahead and whether it's tooting our own horn or otherwise, I think that our podcast is more of a disruptive force than it is an influencer. Mm -hmm. And I only say that because we routinely get dozens of messages after every podcast where we share what our opinions are about whether it's fundraising for a natural disaster or it's the latest social media push by any particular company. And we look at it a little bit more critically and we're like, is this really what we're supposed to be like buying into? And it's that social media disruptor where we're challenging the status quo. And I think more people are starting to take that look and that step back. And well, you know, I, I'm curious, like when are the, I mean, far banks, mm-hmm. huge company, yep. right? And, and everybody's corporate, it's a corporate mindset. And the, the, the thing that cracks me up in the fly fishing sphere, it's really cool sometimes to be like, fuck corporate America. But it's like the big corporates corporate. are the ones that are selling you the product yeah, that you think in, is in all cool. Fairness, mm-hmm. The fly fishing industry is small enough that sometimes those corporate guys... They drink beer with you at the table, and they go fish in the same place as you do. It's just that when they're done, they just put on a nice suit and go back to work. <laughs> you know, I, I, we've met a lot of these guys, and I think the fly fishing industry is unique in that sense that you get... There aren't, like, mega, mega, mega juggernauts. There's no, like, Exxon of fly fishing. It's just not that big. No, I mean, you, you have some crossover stuff that will appear that way. Right. Yeti's a prime example. They're massive. Sure. Traeger's another big example. And Traeger's right. one of those things where... They are down-home guys that just like to cook on their stuff. And Jack Traeger is, you know, came up with a pretty good product. And you saw all and the social media and all the influencing. And, you know, people talked a lot of shit. Yeah. About it and you did. There's a little, a little mm-hmm. sly wink there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And it's, well, they're and awesome, right? And you sometimes know, it takes a little bit of influencing to get people well, to it's, see Well, it's one of the things where we're, we're critical of some of the Ta- I would say tactics. The tactics. Right. Yeah. But but then when we're when we're pushed into the corner to make an assessment, mm-hmm. is this really in the case of a Traeger, which would would we cook everything that we ate tonight on? Yeah. yeah. Everything Traeger. Yeah. We yeah. ate any night. Everything that we yeah. ate tonight before this show 
was cooked on the Traeger. Mm-hmm. Right. Shout out to Remick Smothers. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And like, mm-hmm. and, and, and it was only because we had been critical of not the, not the product, the product. We made the observation. I made the observation one night on the show and I said, the Traeger just figure out that Yeti's marketing is like on point. So all of a sudden it went from zero Zero. I had no yeah, idea. I had no idea. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like everybody that was a quote unquote Yeti ambassador, right. all of a sudden just like this blitzkrieg. Right. And so then shortly thereafter, you and I are talking on the phone and you jokingly said to me, you're going to hate me. And I was like, Richie boy, <laughs> I would never hate you. And you said, I have a Traeger. And I was like, dude, it's not that we don't like Traeger. It's that we think that it's fucking crazy how they're doing their marketing. And it's sarcasm because shit, we try one. Next thing you know, we get introduced. <laughs> Remick says, "Hey, let me send you one." And we're fucking believers, man. Oh yeah, Carl, one hundred percent. And we've sold several Traegers. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So you know, because our testimony of what a great product it is. Um, you know, so think about but, how that's grown your appreciation for it, and it's done the same for us that we started another Instagram profile called District Angling Eats and everything right. is one of my business partners doing nothing but cooking on the trade. Sure. Now I'm the beneficiary of that as well. He gets to come in and bring everything he cooks. Right. Um, you know, and so my guys are, are happy about that but it's it grew that way. We've sold a few because of that and it helps grow. But I don't even think well. I follow the Eats one. I don't either. I don't I have to go do that. Wow. So you'll get off keto quick. Dude, but but, but that's, a, that's a prime <laughs> example. Okay. You and I are influencing on this level. Mm-hmm. You're the one that, you know, you reached out to me and were like, you know, that's you'd the, heard what I talked about. The old way, word of mouth, the way it happened. But, it right. So rapidly but, because of but it was, technology. But it was, we weren't being an influencer. We were being disruptive to yeah. the marketplace. You were initially. Yes, yeah. we <laughs> were initially. So you reached out and said, wait a second, I heard what you said. And that's really the catalyst. And then... You made the connection, and no doubt about it. But we don't we don't hashtag Traeger all the time. We don't talk about Traeger all the time. But if anybody mm-hmm. pays attention, I'm not yeah. paying attention to anything. We use, we use the Traeger <laughs> all the time. I'm yeah. looking at District well, and Eats, and yeah. I lost all you guys. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. But so so that's kind of where. I mean that's that's an age old story though. That's that's every John Hughes movie. Kid moves to new school, he gets beat up, he makes friends with the losers, he beats up the bully, and all of a sudden the bully's friends with him and the story's right. over. Yeah. And that being disruptive is a great story in it, but it works. But it, it has changed in quite a bit. Uh, it's changed quite a bit in the industry to the point where well, if you're good at technology and you can have somebody follow you around with a camera and take a couple but of But I think that's going away. I, th- I, I really truly it's believe shi- it's going it's away. It's shifting a little bit. And you see that, and but I mean, because it's a lack, it's a lack of of genuine, the 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 lack of just being real. Yeah, but it's not at the same time. So on Facebook and on Instagram, the face what? (laughs) (laughs) On any of those platforms, you are not the user. You are the product, and basically, the user is the advertiser. That's buying space. Now, if you look at your Instagram profile, just look at, just scroll through it. Every third or fourth post is a sponsored post. 
because you are not the user. You're the product. They're selling you space. Use Instagram and Facebook are, are using you as the user to sell advertising space to oh, those people. I agree with that. And, I agree and with that. And because you're looking and liking all these posts and all these influencers, it takes its so algorithm many, and sees right. what you like and all of a sudden I mean I, I can't go through my page without seeing like out of 50 posts I'll see 30 of them are watch posts why are so, all my so, like ED medication <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say dude uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't like so, so at the at the same time how many how many times have you seen especially in Instagram I've never searched for an account I've never done but I've talked to my wife about it or I've said they're listening I swear to God dude man I haven't I haven't looked in you know like I don't want to go down like the the Joe Rogan like experience situation right now. They they're do. listening, man. They they're do. There's no fucking. As, there's no fucking mm-hmm. doubt. As long as your mic's on for Siri. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Done. Done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and it's all connected. So little gray. Google sends sells your information and it goes yeah. back and forth. So we're sitting there watching television and I'm streaming from my computer, right? And we're watching MTV Jersey Shore because. You know, we, <laughs> we like trash television every once in a while. It's like just to kind GTL. Of That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I look up, hey, maybe we'll go check out the leaves in Vermont. You know, we're talking about it. And I look at it in an incognito, I'm sorry, no, on a regular Google window. Uh-huh. And sure enough, an advertisement comes up because we're streaming it. And it's a normal commercial, normal commercial. And then your local commercials come up. And there's an advertisement for Disney and an advertisement for Vermont. And... <laughs> While I'm watching it in real time, mm-hmm. they're giving you it's what you want, what you're looking spooky. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fucking Next spooky. Up, yeah. Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, you got to be careful what you look at. Number one and number two, they're marketing to you successfully by you opting into all this, and it's the same thing that works on social media and in the fly fishing mm-hmm. industry. How many times have you searched for stuff online and then it randomly pops up or yeah. on Amazon, right? Yep. And then you get that sidebar advertising. Well, that's the yeah. crazy thing is yeah. I don't Good search case. for shit. I just happen to talk about it yeah. and I'm like how the fuck did that don't you know the scary okay, part so hold on so what I get a lot of pleasure in is on Instagram seeing the sponsored posts and I'm like oh that jack wagon click hide ad or unfollow no just just fucking go like oh, you're, you're racking up the bill yeah cause yeah. I have no fucking tension <laughs> and I'm like yeah. alright cocksucker yeah I'll fucking take a look yeah. at your shit so the more I'll you bite. the more you click it's saying you, hey I'm interested in this yeah so what happens it shows you no advertising because you're interested and in the it. funny thing is some of the people that I see that are sponsored posts I'm like wait a second bro I thought you were like the baddest the coolest yeah. the fucking best why are you why do I have sponsored posts from yeah. you so I can click it so I can click it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you need to get the word out because you have a new product that's awesome. So you pay hundred bucks, and all of a sudden, instead of fifteen hundred people that follow you, now eighty five hundred people follow you. Or some of these companies have huge advertising budgets, right? And everybody sees it, you know. And that's the goal of, you know, your your marketing uh, strategy. And what's the the crazy to, to me? The craziest part is your product to the customer, and marketing brings the customer to your product. And that's sort of how they work this thing out. Is the fact that all this technology and all this listening to people and whatever 
It is really just to sell you shit. Oh, yeah. They don't 100% oh, shit. what you're doing. You could be selling drugs out of your house in front of your phone, and they wouldn't come get you. No, no. Nobody gives a shit. They're going to they want... figure out how to sell you plastic baggies. That's right. You yeah. get the Ziploc ads. Ziploc ads. Social platforms don't give they're a shit. Like, Do you need cellophane yeah. bags, yeah. motherfucker? Because we know what you're up to. That's the scariest part. They use all that technology just to be like, hey, so... Do you want some Viagra? <laughs> <laughs> but I do think there is a big chunk of this that people are like, this is kind of bullshit. And oh, yeah. Like, yeah. watching these people do this, that, and I think like... Well, see, I have to temper my perception against your all's because I'm the old dude in the room, right? Yeah, so, but I'm the young so I'm, guy in the room, and like... And, and I see some of the, like... And I'm not going to name any names, but I like see people that I'm like, how in the fuck would somebody take this person seriously and anything that they say or do and go, I need to run out and grab that product because yeah, I know for a fact that person wasn't even in uh, like doing anything remotely related to this two years ago. Right. You know, if, if I need an opinion, I'm going to go to this guy that I know that's been doing it for 25 years or 20 years. Right. Yep. Who's this clown? So if you're but like... I, that's what age is wisdom? I don't know. Experience. It's yeah, experience. Well, I, at least it's experience is wisdom. It's been a natural progression. Yeah. I mean, think about yourself as a kid. and You had to learn how to play Pac-Man and make sure you memorize the pattern so right. you wouldn't get eaten by the ghosts. And in my generation, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start, right? It was the cheat code for Contra. And now you can pay, <laughs> you can pay <laughs> to, to basically cheat in these games. And that's sort of how it's, it's getting to the point where people want everything quickly. Well, it's, it's easy. Yeah, no one appreciates delayed gratification anymore. Um, nobody wants to put in the work. Right. So, okay, Some so. do. I'm not going to say everybody. Steve. There are people that want it right there. Steve Aramis. He is 81 years old. He lives in the Taylor Park. <laughs> he just got back from Jersey. He spent the entire summer in Jersey. He's a snowbird. And my lovely bride and I going to happy hour at the boat ramp last night. We see Steve. We stop. We spend about 30 minutes talking with Steve. And Steve is like, Larry, did you get my call? And I was like, did I get your call? I called you two or three times. I was like, what the fuck? You need to have my cell phone number. What are you talking about? He's like, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He goes, but I wish I had your number. The striper bite was insane this summer. I was like, no shit. And he's always told me these stories about what he calls the Saudi banks. It's outside of Atlantic City. It's like these creeks and they're these sot, like undercut yeah. banks. Mm-hmm. And he's telling me that he and his buddy went out four different times this summer and absolutely fucking murdered Mm. the stripers. And he's like, they're not giant stripers, but they're like 22 to 27, 28 inch stripers. There's like, Mm. it was amazing. And he was like, the fourth night we were out there and we were out there, like it had already gotten dark and, you know, we were working our way back out and there were some dock lights and blah, 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 all this. He's like, I said to my buddy, dude, this is the fourth night we've been out here, and we haven't seen another fucking mm-hmm. boat. Because Steve didn't put it on the internet. No. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Close. And, his, and Steve's like, this is crazy. He's like, it wasn't like, like 20 years ago, there would have been other boats out here. And his, his buddy, who's another old timer, mm-hmm. said, hey, Steve, 
everybody's doing this right now. Mm-hmm. That's why they're not out here fishing. And it was the, you know, holding the phone, doing the thumb thing. And Steve related that to us last night. And I was like, you know what? There's a lot of truth to that. And I almost, I almost made the jump. I don't know whether it's time to do it yet or not, but I'm thinking to myself, maybe the pressure in the lagoon is going to continue to wane because people's interests are going towards doing other things. You know, yeah. that's not that's not what you want to hear as a fly shop owner that things are contracting. It's, it's a, the particip- participation is growing in the sport. You think so? The more people consider themselves fly fishermen, you see the numbers growing when you get those reports. I would agree. Do consider them? 100%. But they may, have, uh, no, no, they I, may have gone once or taken an Orvis 101 class for I free think and they say, they, hey, I'm a fly fisherman. Uh, I think on Instagram, it's cool to be that, but I don't know that that relates to actually going out and fucking doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just on a regular basis. Some people, right. it, it, it's it's different for different generations. Some people just don't have the time to commit to take the time and learn about how to fish and where to fish and why and what bugs uh, or what crabs or what you know bait fish patterns because it takes time to learn how to do all this stuff. It doesn't come as easy as most people would like, and so yeah. that's a turnoff. And that's let me tell you about want. this website called Salt Strong. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you just like where to go. What to use? That's funny, but you know, it's sort of you, you see that that happens quite a bit, and it's great for a lot of folks. Like, man, I'd love to see less people in the rivers. I like fishing, but at the same time, as a business owner in the fly fishing industry, we try to get as many people involved as possible. Right. Not just because I want everybody coming in and buying my stuff, but because we like sharing mm-hmm. our passion. You know, I wake up every morning. I can't. I look forward to going to work. Can't wait to get there, and you know. I'm on vacation right You're now. You're not drinking enough. Yeah, that's that too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's a question. What company product, you know, something that maybe you have in your shop or you know of in the in the industry mm-hmm. is a little, I guess, more void or, or void of mega hype? What's like a straightforward could be a rod company real you know gear clothes whatever waiters is there that like go-to company that doesn't need if you're in the industry you see the hype all the time so it's kind of tough to right is there somebody like oh man i never noticed like i've never seen an ad for you know a b or c real company but But they're they're always yeah they're always there people are always going to buy them look at t-boy I that I almost oh yeah I don't see a lot yeah I, yeah I speak to those guys a lot. Um, Ted is one of my favorite people in the industry. He's, you know, uh, we have a uh, he has a more of a story that I that I'm uh, fond of because he looks like skating. he smells bad. <laughs> Ted, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ted is, um, but Ted basically he is Eastern European. Yeah, right. He's escaped from Hungary. And yeah, get away from the uh-huh. communists, and he basically was in Brooklyn for a while, and so he's kind of got the little bit of uh, accent mm. because he's from Hungary, but also a little bit from Brooklyn, <laughs> and loves striper fishing. And he's got a great story, and to hear his story, like Voki did a podcast with him, yeah. and I wrote to curse her, like you know, fuck you for making one of my favorite people cry on your podcast because he got to relive the story of how he escaped from Hungary. It's an awesome podcast, and they're right down the road. They're right down ninety five, and they make. Phenomenal reels, and they it's really in West Palm, right? Uh, the actual in, factory um, or the parts factories, and no, it's it's basically it's a machine factory. Yeah, everything's, yeah, everything's everything's the same. Um, and actually, fly fly reels are a very small part of what they do. Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah. making. Uh, they make parts for. Uh, 
security uh, alarms and detectors, and a lot of what they do also is um, they used to do the gearing for all like the cameras in in Vegas. You know, fire oh, t- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I fished. There's there Delray a, Beach. Delray, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lake there. They're actually on like a what looks like a ditch mm-hmm. goes into like a lake system. It's all full of snakeheads and yeah, they're, you know, they're, all kind of an awesome company. Now you don't see their clownfish everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. but when you see guys fishing, they they've got them. Um, they still wear them. They mm. you know worship them. They clean them. They don't like Dude, selling them. I I still have not gotten one, but it's definitely something that I it's a will. Standard. It's so, a standard. No 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 no. The Billy Pate. Yeah. I, I oh know, I yeah. Sold one the other day. Um, they, I want a Billy Pate bonefish. Anti reverse. No, I don't want an anti reverse. Oh. Right. <laughs> I want a direct want drive. Knuckle buster. <laughs> um, they're all, it's an awesome company, but unless you're a lefty. Hold on. Pay, what do you mean knuckle buster? Every every fly <laughs> reel is a knuckle buster. Like the anti reverse is like it's, big and clunky. Yeah. It's a, it's a classic reel. It was made for Billy Pate by Ted Jurassic. Right. I got it. <laughs> but unless you're any big name that's worked with them for a long time, they don't, they don't give their reels away, right. which is kind of the downside sometimes because you're not putting your reels out there for the world to see and play with. Mm-hmm. Their seal drag reels are awesome. Um, their signature reels. But you don't see, uh, they don't have a massive advertising budget. Right. So they're not everywhere. But when you watch the television shows, they're all fishing them. We, you know, uh, I've got one of every size. A friend of ours did a rod. Chris Adams. To match a, like a color that they came out with. Yeah, it was the white one. Yeah, uh, the but frost that, white. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't. I mean, that was. We knew about it because he did it and we yeah. saw it on Instagram a little bit, but. Yeah. That would be a pretty stripped down. And I, I mean, that's. I feel like that's the way to be. And that's a I've never. Company. I have yeah. an Everglades. Yeah. I have an Everglades. Yeah. And it's with the red handle. And it's a Hell's Bay reel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not a Peterson Hell's Bay, yeah. an original Hell's Bay. So it's not an outdoor. <laughs> it is. It's more John Chittum, Chittum palette mm-hmm. era, where if you bought a boat, real one, you actually got a reel. And I got really lucky. I've been looking for one for forever. And it came up on eBay. And it was, quote-unquote, an auction, but then it had a buy it now. And I was like, God, I really want this thing. I should bid. And Shannon was like, why are you going to bid? Just fucking buy it. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't care what it costs. <laughs> right. Just fucking buy it. So I did. I just... And I I hit the buy it now. I fucking, you know, probably paid more than I should have, but I I wanted it, right? right? And when I got it, I was so stoked. It it's actually I and I've still I have never backing or line on it. I'm waiting. It's in a box. The original box that Mm -hmm. it was sent from Florida from Tibor. To the Hell's Bay rep in fucking Texas. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It, I mean, it's like, and that's the box that it was. It was yeah. a doctor in Texas had it because he bought a boat and the guy who was supposed to give him the reel, it got shipped to him and he just gave him the box that it came in. Mm-hmm. It's got all the original paperwork, all everything. I love it. It's so that's one and, of the. And, and what do I love about it? I have it. All right. 
I haven't fished it yet, but I just want it. It's a because it matches my boat. It's a '98. It's like it's. As a guy who's got a lot of gear, you need to fish it. <laughs> oh, I want you know, to. You need to get it wet, and you need to appreciate it. Um, you know, they put a lot of hard work into it. It's a family-owned company. No, I His will. I will eventually. Is marketing and runs sales now. Um, his son is also there, you know, d- uh, doing all the machining and mm-hmm. designing and stuff. They he lives in the Keys, right? Uh, Ted now? Yeah. Uh, no, he bounces around. I think he moved a little bit. So okay. I spoke to him my yeah. priority right now, uh-huh. and I, I made a post on my Instagram about it, my father, uh, who was a career Air Force officer, was in Project Healing Waters. Oh, okay. and oh yeah. yeah. While in Project uh-huh. Healing Waters... He was gifted a bamboo rod, and I inherited that bamboo rod, and that's what I, I, I like. That is going to be fished, and I've just got to get. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to do a hardy perfect. How heavy is the rod? What's the? It's a four or five weight. Okay. So I'm like how long? Uh, seven foot. Okay. Um. So I want to get like a three and three eighths hardy so perfect. I saw the pictures. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, and <laughs> and just like I've got, and and somebody was like, "Oh my god, I can't imagine fishing that. I would be, you know, terrified." No, I've got to mm. fucking fish it. Right. Like that's yeah. the way I honor my father. Right. Yeah. That, you know, like yeah, that's one hundred percent. So that's that's my priority right now. Is and and, and I've had some generous offers of. Hey, I've got you know a fucking awesome fluger that you could have, um, like an era specific looking, like yeah. something that look, would look mm-hmm. natural on it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Put a bright green cheeky reel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, you know the rod was actually made by a guy in California that literally he builds rods and donates them to veterans that are in project mm-hmm. healing water. My father was a Vietnam veteran, so it's got the mm-hmm. campaign ribbon right, on yeah, it. Was, yeah. And long story short, every time that I have gone to see my dad in the last three to five years, um, you know, he, he died in his, er, in his mid eighties. So the last 10 years, you know he's he's getting up there, so it's like you know he would tell the same stories, mm-hmm. and each time in the last five to three to five years that I would go up there, up to the one of the last times that I saw him, he would always be like, "Oh, you've got to see this fly rod that I got," and he would pull it out, and he's telling the story for the first time. Yep, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking. Yep, I know this rod. I've seen it like five times. But it, to him, it was the first time he was telling the story, yeah. and I would always look at it and ooh and awe over it, for, you know? Right. And then he passed away, and one of the first things I looked for when I was there was that fly rod, and it wasn't in the house. Oh, shit. And I'm like, like no, man. Where the fuck is this fly rod? And everybody was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, it's a bamboo fly rod. It's in an aluminum tube that's this long. Like, where the fuck is this? I will blow this motherfucker and, up. And, and everybody was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. So the truth comes out, out of this police out. chase situation. <laughs> how that went down. <laughs> and lo and behold, when we went back up there 
couple of weeks oh, ago. Surprise. Just leaning up in the corner. <laughs> just leaning yeah. up in the corner, the same corner we've looked at 20,000 times looking for it, and there it was, thankfully. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I'm very appreciative that it showed back up. Because, like, from a what's-it-worth standpoint, it's probably not worth a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Sentimental but it's value. priceless to right. me. Yeah. Yep. So that's why I want to put a reel on it. I want to mm. fish it. I can't wait to fish it. It's going to be a great rod to fish. You just need to get it wet. Yeah. It's, oh, <laughs> it's going to get wet. I, I bought an old bamboo rod. It uh-huh. was an Orvis uh, bat and kill. The mm-hmm. old bat and kill bamboos were impregnated with um, resin and right. made them indestructible, but also mm. made them super heavy. And mine happened to be a kit rod by somebody up in New Jersey, and it was not really the prettiest, but it was my first bamboo rod. And I went on eBay and bought what looked like a hardy perfect prototype. Uh-huh. Stamped, made in England and everything. And it showed up and it was like a little trinket. So I threw like a cheap line on it. And I went fishing and it happened around the time that my younger brother passed away. And I fucking hated life. I hated it. Mm-hmm. I almost completely stopped fishing because it reminded me of what was painting me at the time. And so I was like, fuck it. You know, I, I'm just not going to fish this thing. And I just threw it up on eBay and sold it to a dentist. And I told him, hey. You know, you need to take this and fish it cats beautifully, and oh, I'm just going to put it over my fireplace. I, I don't really care. I don't fish much. And, like, I felt bad kind of passing right. this onto him, but it was, a, it was a bad memory right. that I got, you know, I got the bad juju out of my life, but I, and I got to pass on to someone yeah. who could potentially use it or get a better use out of it other than me potentially at some point getting upset and breaking it over my knee right. and then giving up on it, period. So get it wet. Appreciate it. Appreciate you know what somebody did for your dad, and you know uh, yeah. you know how much did your dad fish it? He never had an opportunity when when he was given that rod. He had gotten to the point where he didn't go and fish because he was worried that you know if he was in the river and slipped and fell. That he wouldn't, you know, like something bad could happen. Mm-hmm. So he'd gotten to that point, um, but he would always, he would always take it out <laughs> and be like, "Look at this beautiful bamboo rock." You know, it was like it was his pride and joy. Like he really wanted to fish it. He just hadn't had the chance. The best part about this whole story and this whole process is you're going to fish it and you're going to like it. And your main goal is going to be to take Wyatt out and oh, absolutely, oh, yeah. and absolutely. This is going into his hands. Absolutely, this is his heirloom. This is the watch that got shoved up. Yes, Bruce yeah. Willis's father's ass in Pulp Fiction. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Passing this watch down to you. Yeah, what? no doubt. No All doubt. About seven it. feet of that bamboo rod. That's right. Christopher Walken's telling the story. Yeah. It's a sick yeah. part about that. <laughs> but that's you know uh, we we talk all the time. You like back to T-Bors. They're heirloom reels. We mm-hmm. passed, you know, all this stuff is something that you eventually wind up handing yep. down. Mm-hmm. And that's what's great about this whole story is it has yeah. a happy ending, but it, the story's not over because but these, right, it's going to continue. Yeah. These are these are things that kind of started with what doesn't have a lot of hype. And it gets into like really worth it heirloom nice shit. Yeah. Right. What does have a lot of hype that you think is going to be passing? Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I can't make that connection between oh man you just have to buy this we're going to spend all this money get all these influencers to talk you into buying something is that going to be something that's like man i gotta like this is a multi-generational piece like piece of jewelry you know like a real or so you know something that you actually like admire i'll be i I would say that that hard i would say that reels probably become more of an heirloom piece that get passed on mm-hmm. than a rod. Right. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. You know, 
Um, I, I've got a couple of April Super 8s that I absolutely love that I've fished, you know, whether it's the Turks and Caicos, the Bahamas, to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, if I'm bone fishing, I'm taking the April. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know. Why? 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 Because they're fucking bulletproof, yeah, man. They're yeah. reliable. They're fucking reliable. Caught a lot of fish on it. You yes, have it. I have one hundred percent infallible yeah. confidence yeah. that if I hook a bonefish on this reel, I'm landing it. Mm-hmm. And, and to that end, I keep very few flies. Um, You're too busy putting them all over the. <laughs> <laughs> no, no flybrake projects. <laughs> but, but I keep very few. But I have two or three flies that I've hooked bonefish and actually lost bonefish because that fucking able reel has had such a good drag. And of course, I would bend it. Yeah. That it's actually straightened a fucking hook. And I lost the bonefish because I straightened the hook. And I'm like, clip that off. That's, I'm, I rem. Yeah. Okay, so the battle scars. There, yeah, and and here's uh, uh, not to change subjects, but I remember the fish that get away that's more right. so the case. than the fish that In I've relationships. caught. Yeah, yeah. fishing. Yeah. It's all the same. You always remember the one that was the tough one that you couldn't conquer. So a good friend of mine, um, Tanner Sievert. Tanner, I've known him since he was probably 14, 15, and his parents would drive him over, and he had a Ginu, and he would come out here, and he had like uh, an area that he was allowed to go in in the lagoon that his his dad would drop him off at the Ginu. He could fish. He would actually camp on, a, on one of the clinker islands, and his father would come back on Sunday afternoon and pick him up. And Tanner eventually got in, you know, fly fishing and started catching redfish on the fly rod. And the one thing that I, I, I'm not jealous of it, but it's like, it's one of those things where you're like, wow, that's kind of cool that you're, you're keeping track. The permit game. A lot of people look at permit and say, it's the apex of fly fishing. If you're catching a permit on the flats, that's the apex of fly fishing in salt water. And they count how many fish that they've yeah. caught, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, you, you look at Del Brown, how many he's caught in his lifetime, et cetera, et cetera. And one day I was fishing with Tanner, and I've known the kid for 15 years at this point, and he catches a fish, releases it, and he turns to me with like this fucking just this satisfaction on his face and the, and he says that's number whatever. And I went, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, that's my 47th redfish." And I'm like, "You're keeping track?" <laughs> He's like, "Well, how many have you caught?" And I was like, "Fuck, I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know." And at that moment in time I'm like I wish I really wish that 
maybe I appreciated each of those fish. A little bit more. Still not working. I have to punch it again. Mm -hmm. Are we there? Nope. Barely. 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 That's a different podcast. You gotta love it. It's Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Check, check. I got one for you. The hype question. I got a good one. Yeah. That was it. Beat that shit. Now back to our regularly scheduled programming. So you wish you would have so uh, yeah, kept, kept uh, the redfish, but not really. But not really. Yeah. But at the same time, I was able to look at that and go, wow, okay, these fish have meant a lot to him to the point that he's like kept up with it. And and when you juxtapose the two things where he's like, well, how many have you caught? And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. But too many. I, I definitely remember the ones where Mark, you and I. Yeah. When, when we fished that one time, yeah. the, I, I could still vividly see I made the cast <laughs> and, I, and I hung the and fly on, the- on that dead mangrove and I'm stripping and the fish is like fucking on and the fish tries to eat it. But like I pull the fly out of the water because like those fish I remember, but I guess that fish, no. but it was fucking badass. It was amazing. And that's with Ben Sittig was on the boat with us. And I'm like, Ben, did you get that on video? No. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Yeah. Are you shitting me? Guess what? I want to be able to, rem- I want to be able to replay All that and see three it. Three of you got, that's your memory. It's yes. nobody else's. Nobody right? else's. So that's kind of a, a cool part about that. So I got one mm-hmm. for all of you. Okay. We're talking about hype and what's hype and what's not. I, I can almost now 99.9% guarantee you guys have seen their ads incessantly, and you never once have even thought about using it or have had the opportunity to use the New Zealand Strike Indicator. I've seen the ads. All mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the fucking internet. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they're great. Never used them. Never had the opportunity to. <laughs> Just regular bobbers work for me. Watch okay, switch, right? so, so when I fished last That's week... all hype. When I fished last week with the guys... On the Holston. On the South Holston. Yeah. He uses a strike indicator that's like basically looks like a, a wad of um, EP fiber, mm-hmm. not a not a bobicator. Oh, it's a little polypropylene floating on. Yeah, and he rigs it a particular way that he showed me, and it casts so good. Does he tuck it into like a knot or something? Or yeah, something? yeah, exactly. Pull a rubber tubing over it or no rubber tubing? He takes the rubber tubing off, yeah. and... I was like, because I, I, I don't like nymphing. Yeah. But I don't like nymphing because I don't like fucking thingma bobbers. But when he did it with this, I was like, okay, it casts good. It's easy. You know, all right, I get it. And we're fishing for big browns, like big fucking browns. Yeah. And you know what? Those big browns don't just eat big shit. They sit and they eat scuds all day long. 75 to 80% of their diet's underwater. Yeah. and Sometimes you got to go get them. And that's what we were fishing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, different perspective now yeah. on how I'm going to fish that river. You're not staring at a stupid orange uh, indicator. Right. <laughs> but sometimes, it's like in Ben's world, 
you can't really see much else, and so you really need to right. watch that. And sometimes that that happens in fast water and big, you know, brawling pocket water, big water. Um, and dude, we we did some streamer fishing that was fucking pretty awesome, man. sick. Yeah. Holston's pretty cool. Yeah, but but yeah, another one of those hyped, overhyped companies that you don't necessarily. Uh, you know, you may not have seen their product, um, but not had a chance to use this stuff. But it's everywhere. Right. I know one guy that maybe is that has used it because I see him share it. Right. That's it. So, but yeah, it is. It's all good. But <coughs> how you doing over there, Ben? I'm fading out. Yeah. <laughs> Screen's going to black. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta watch Ben. He'll end up over on the couch, yeah. snuggled up with somebody <laughs> before little, this is over. Irish goodbye. A little, French, a little French exit. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the little uh, Polish good night. <laughs> Brazilian au revoir. Uh, Brazil. Okay, I like it. Uh, no, I'm gonna do the uh, on break. Hey Carl, grab your keys and move your car. I'm gonna go home and sleep for a few hours. And I'll come back to work early. So you guys gotta work. Mm. Tomorrow's, I was tomorrow's Sunday. Oh, you guys are hard working guys. Oh, yes. I was gonna go straight from here, go work till like four AM and then just go home. And have decided that idea stupid. Yeah. Less distractions. Yeah. It's a lot. Do you guys seven days a week at this point? Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Well six and a half. Yeah. Six and a half days. Yeah. Owner operators tough. You gotta do laundry at some point. You wear you wear a lot of hats? Just one stinks mm. though. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the it's so also efficient hat. I rotate my hats. To, not that this is an important topic, but we're gonna we're gonna go there. I rotate my hats because if I get too much shop dust on them, it just stays at the shop. So there's like s- probably think there's six of my hats up there, and like right now I'm wearing my Drake Boatworks hat, and I literally thought today it's like I need to leave this one at the house when I go home. Let it like blow it off before I leave. Let it go. Grab a junkier hat and take that yeah. back up to work. You gotta wear them till they get crusty. Mm-hmm. Well, but, but certain hats, point, like right? I don't want this one to get crusty. I want this one to stay a little bit nice, and then I'll buy a new one, and then it can go to the shop. And then everybody got one of those. Yeah. No. Limited. Yeah. Hold on to them. Use them. All right. Let's do a break. You, you yeah. ready for I a little break action? Let's do it then. Sweet. You caught Mark off guard. Yeah. I'm, I'm out. Hey, I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hey, 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 I'm on vacation. If you don't like your life, then you should go and change it. Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hey, 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 I'm on vacation every single day, every, every single day. I'm just smiling down upon my enemies Do the shit and love it on a daily Say you hate your job but you'll never leave Never leave but that ain't gonna be me That ain't gonna be me My brother called me up said he saw me on TV I said it wasn't easy but right now I'm living breezy Build this engine from the ground up Now my hands they ain't so greasy Feel me? I'm on vacation every single day Cause I love my occupation Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation every single day Every, every single day 
All right, we're back. A little break action, and we are refreshed, full beers, and ready to go for the final segment of episode 33. So, uh, are there any other things that anybody else might have on their show notes? Because I need to reflect on mine to make sure I've touched everything I wanted to talk about. A little bit of Bahamas. I had some Bahamas on mine. With their hurricane relief and how and how uh, precarious that can be, it was kind of cool to see some of the. There's the Miami Outboard Club, uh-huh. just boaters. I mean, fishermen and boaters that frequent. They basically did like a boat lift. Yeah, they got the stuff together at their. I, I want to say they meet at a marina or something. You know, there's like a place clubhouse. Right. Got all the stuff together there, pickup trucks and their own boats, and went over and were like, you know, first. I mean, they were there like you know that day, later that day. Right. Uh, as soon as the you know the storm cleared, so that was cool to see people through social media and clubs and whatever get together real quick and do what they had to do and i think that helped tremendously because not a lot of people can get up and move in that quick right you know and when it's a couple dozen people and they have boats and they have this and they have that it's the response was cool um this kind of stuff breeds a lot of uh i don't know new world saving organizations you didn't notice that like where did i get it you're helping it's great it's cool but who are you right well i think to get it out there and clear the help that's happening is a good thing oh yeah um maybe it's because i'm a little older um but I've always been of the mindset, if you're being charitable, be charitable. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about taking credit for being charitable. Absolutely. And there's, there's been a certain element of, on social media, wanting to get credit for being charitable mm-hmm. um, that I don't know is necessary and maybe we're being a little bit too harsh because really at the end of the day it's the good that came out of it right. that we should be appreciative of but I mean Mark I believe you noticed and and in, you and I kind of at the same time said wait a second there's other Abaco lodges correct right that were definitely affected that I haven't heard the first thing about. No. Uh, Von Cochran's Black Fly Lodge. I haven't seen a single fundraiser mm-hmm. for the families of the guides and the, right. the neighbors and the friends mm-hmm. and the, you know, so did they get lost in the shuffle or are they part of the overall help that's coming that way? Right. I don't know. Right. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I just thought some of the some of the immediate response was cool because it's fast now there, but as like the following days and week, I was like, oh man, this is a kind of a messy situation of who's going where, bringing what, where's money going, right? that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, this could get 
And and got to be sure. And the more you watch the news, there's there's nobody there anymore. There's nobody there to help out as quick as yeah. Like uh, they're saying that there's like everybody's pretty much evacuated. It's like you know a ghost town. It's a ghost town. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that was the plan. I didn't know how quick that would happen. Right. But. You know, it sounds like it makes sense when it's completely just a pile of rubble. The, there's only been one um, relief effort that we've supported um, on our social media feeds, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's on the Flyberry Project or the Taylor Trash account, and that's been um, Tyler Sheely mm-hmm. and the efforts that he's put together through Castaway Customs and the reason I chose to support that is th- it wasn't net proceeds, it was gross right, sales. Right. And and he has a personal connection to Green Turtle. Right. And that's where I'm, that's where I'm thinking is like and and when I saw that and and when I saw a hundred percent of er, you know like so everything that he is doing, the you know it's a hundred percent of it. It's not net of mm-hmm. it's if you buy forty dollars worth of product, forty dollars is going to the mm-hmm. relief mm-hmm. effort, and it's not what Tyler thinks is a good relief effort. He's actually in touch with people on the ground over there that mm-hmm. are administrating it so kudos to him hats off um you know i, I know i shared it multiple times throughout the day today um there's an auction that's going on from you know currently all the way through i believe saturday of next weekend incredible prints original artwork and guided trips that if you bid on and you end up being the successful bidder, 100% of what you're paying is going to go to right. that effort. Um, Who's that through? Tyler's got it through his website. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I knew he did some. Yep. He's got it. Yeah. In, in it's all under that. What is it? Bahama Strong. On Bahama Strong. Yeah. And, and if you happen to visit our flyberry.com, uh, there will be a pop-up window that will come up, and it takes you straight to it. Um, so, you know, there's no doubt about it. If you've ever visited the Bahamas, you're going to know that the residents there, as hardworking as they are, they are literally hand-to-mouth. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it, it's just a, a tough go. It's, it's you know, Moore's Island. Um, yeah. What's the name of the town? Hard bargain. Hard bargain. It's a hard bargain living there. Um, so they definitely need help. If you if you have the money to spare and you can donate, by all means, donate. There's plenty of causes out there. We would just say, you know, take a long, hard look at who you're donating your money right. to and make sure it's going to the right folks. I think it's the first natural disaster that I recall in a long time where – you weren't being directed to donate to like the Red Cross, Red Cross or, right. yeah, or, right. or some known entity. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it became very micro in the way that money was being collected and distributed, mm-hmm. which is maybe it's because times have changed and social media has allowed that right. to happen. Um, 
But, uh, man, thank goodness we missed that storm because, mm. good Lord, I mean, the, the photos and the video coming out of um, the Abacos and, you know, the Grand Bahama is just heartbreaking. And, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people here know how lucky we really got because come the Carolinas, they were, they had a proper storm still. They oh, yeah, absolutely. Power yeah, absolutely. Down, that yeah, thing. We, yeah. Flooding. Yeah. Piers being you know, destroyed. Yeah. 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 You know, something else that got missed, um, a pretty, pretty holy missed. Um, we came home a week ago, last Saturday, and just after we passed through Brunswick, Georgia, um, don't know how many of the folks listening to the podcast realized that this happened. Oh, there was uh, yeah. a ship that capsized um, right there at St. Simon's Island. Mm hmm. And it, it's like one of those car haulers and flipped over crew of uh, 23 plus one harbor pilot. They got 20 people off the boat. Four, four of the crew were still stuck in the ship. It took them about 48 hours to uh, figure out where they were. And they cut them out of the ship and literally rescued them. So nobody, nobody, no lives oh, were lost. Yeah. But I didn't here, hear that here's part. the That's thing. Insane. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. I, I followed it. Yeah. And, um, the, the crazy thing is there was a lot of, uh, fuel oil mm-hmm. being leaked at the time. Um, I'm not a coast guard guy, but I can certainly appreciate and understand that their priority at the time was life first, Mm-hmm. taking care of the environment second. So where normally you would see like oil booms being dispersed and stuff like that to contain that type of spill, apparently that kind of took second uh, to, hey, we know we have four individuals, four souls mm-hmm. that are inside this vessel. We've got to save them first. And then they transition to the protect the environment role. Um, and I did see something just earlier today that uh, a pretty significant amount of fuel oil was spilled up there. If there were four, they believe it's and four hundred thousand gallons. Yeah. Or something so, like. so you know, there uh, our our neighbors to the north mm-hmm. um, have a ecological mm-hmm. disaster that they're mm-hmm. dealing with, and um, you know, I guess they filled up and they were taking, we're getting ready to take yeah, off. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, they were headed. Um, uh, Baltimore, I think, was yeah. their next stop. But, uh, you know, I can't wait to see what happened there. Uh, that's um, my question. Yeah. Um, there was a harbor pilot. And there is, you a, know, that is a town of a ship. Yeah, it was huge. 640 feet yeah. long. Damn. Yeah, it's a big fucker. Just to, like, roll over. It's the technical on term for that. Yeah. Big fucker. Well, one we got coming in today, a couple big fuckers. That's right. Right. The uh, yeah, just to kind of keel over, like what? And something went terrible. Well, what I what I also read was there was another ship coming in as they were going out. So I don't know if they swung wide to give each other a wide berth and maybe ran up onto the singing mm. bar. Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out soon enough. Yeah. Um, I think I had a couple other things here. Um. 
the the crazy follow up story to the hurricane was there were as it went as far as like Saskatchewan and knocked out a quarter million people's power. Really? And I'm like, we didn't even. I mean, at my power didn't go out in my house at all. Like forty mile an hour winds. I'm thinking like, oh man, we were okay. Guys dodged a bullet. Thirteen, fourteen hundred miles north. Everybody's like, shit. Have you been watching um, the Meat Eater? Das Boat. Das Boat. I've watched the first two only. Okay. So, <laughs> spoiler alert. You can take your headphones off if you choose to. That's okay. Um, I'm actually officially done watching Das Boat after the fourth episode. Episodes three and four got a little bit um, political, I'll use the word. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, featured some... South Florida groups that um, are doing a good job in South Florida um, Mm -hmm. with uh, water quality issues related to the Everglades. But, uh, you know, as they're prone to do, they uh, portray that they're taking care of water quality issues statewide. And uh, as such, I'm I'm pretty much done with the program. But uh, one of the things that I thought was funny watching the fourth episode was um, someone that we all know and love, (laughs) April Vokey, was on there. And she made a joke (laughs) that was (laughs) fucking classic. There was a dick joke. Reference to Ron Jeremy mm-hmm. <laughs> that absolutely made me laugh out loud, and it's like that that little just that little moment when she made that joke is probably demonstrative of what I love about April Vokey and how I can relate to her and appreciate her humor and her view of the world. So doubt she ever listens to our show, but if she does fucking awesome joke. Um, but, uh, you knew she was cool, but yeah, after that, I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, if she can, if she can lay that joke down as smooth as she did, I mean, you've met her in person. Exactly. On on television. Yeah. Show was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty funny. She's great. Um, one of my favorite people in the industry. For sure. Um, and it's because she keeps it real. That's what I love the most about her. Yep. Um, so um, we are going to, I would guess, probably it'd be a stretch to say have another episode before we go to the low country for the Taylor's Ball. We may. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Uh, if we don't, this is the appropriate time to let everybody know that happens to listen if you're in Florida or Georgia or hell even Beaufort, South Carolina, and you're planning on going up to the Taylor's Ball, we are planning to be up there and arrive on Thursday. So yep. there's going to be a convoy of skiffs departing the Space Coast <laughs> headed up there. So if you are interested in intercepting and joining the formation, 
along I-95, headed up to South Carolina to make a grand entrance into Charleston, please reach out to us on social media, DM us on Instagram, and we'll give you our itinerary, and hopefully we can have like 10 or 12 skiff convoy come rolling into town on Thursday. Um, oh, they'd be scared. Yeah, they would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for the first time ever, I'm fishing the tournament. So mm. Mm. we'll see how that goes. Mm. Big eight-foot tides. Well, uh, I've fished up there plenty. I, I'm not concerned. I know where, you know, I've got a few places I can go. <laughs> and uh, you you know who I'm fishing with, actually, Mangina. He's Sweet. coming He's coming he up really? from Texas. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be the Texas-Florida team for the uh, flood tide but uh the old mangina uh, the mangina i liked you better on the drake yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) anything else that uh anybody has Uh, i want to give a shout out to my buddy kyle speaking of the drake um kyle and i were actually going to try to go fish the south holston um while i was in tennessee but uh, unfortunately, some fucking knucklehead that Kyle works with, worked with, got fired. Uh, and because that son of a bitch got uh, fired for being a dumbass. Had a cover. Kyle had the cover for him, so it fucked up our fishing plans. Kyle, I love you. <laughs> Thank you for offering to go. Next time I'm up there, we'll make sure and do our rain, rain check. That's a bummer. Yeah, because yeah, Kyle's yeah. awesome. Okay. Kyle and I fished the uh, South Holston, what we would call the South Holston proper. Um, and then we've also done uh, Zeusville, which is more of a uh, stretch that's smallmouth. And we call it Zeusville because... It goes right through the center of the Eastman petrochemical plant. So it's like oh, pipes nice. and like, you know, it's like <laughs> oh, very like crazy yeah. looking. But man, you get all the uh, warm water discharge out of the, the petrochemical plant. So like there's several discharge areas where the fish stack up. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Three-eyed you gotta, bass. You start naming your flies like <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Yeah. I fish a little size 14 fizzle-fazzle on my woodle-doodle. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of naming your flies, I actually, while, while reposting a story that someone had tagged the Flyberry Project in. I reposted their story because I run the Flyberry Project Instagram and I made sure because the fly that they left I hashtagged it the glitter dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're familiar with the glitter I dick, am. aren't you? I got two guys that come to my shop that talk nonstop about it. Uh, and that's how I learned about the yeah. glitter dick. Okay, so don't ever click on that hashtag. <laughs> don't ever look it up on It's like two girls, one cup. You don't <laughs> want to click on it. Um, I have still yet to look at it, and I don't want to, but I was warned. Um uh, but yeah, Vince and, and Dylan back up my shop. I got two guys that come in and if they are, Vince uh, is if, awesome. if they are shop rats, they are shop rats. They hang out. Uh, one of them is a, uh, he works at real estate. The other guy, Vince is a lacrosse coach at Marymount university. He comes nice. to hang out and bullshit. Um, we have beer Fridays and there's always, 
24 <laughs> beers in the cooler for him. When I, when I met Vince, lattes, man. when I met Vince at the shop, he related to me the story of where the glitter dick came from. <laughs> And they were fishing. I can't remember exactly where. They were up in Erie, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and they, and of course, there's no fly even remotely close to what they're describing as the glitter dick. But they were catching fish. Other people weren't. And they're like, "Hey, man, what are you? What are you throwing?" <laughs> Glitter dick, man. Like, oh, yeah. Right on. Thank right you. on. Thanks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what a fucking awesome answer. <laughs> Throwing a glitter dick, man. Yeah. Yeah. So now they hashtag everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good, good group of guys. They're a lot of fun. But um, yeah, don't click on that. No. Don't click on it. Don't. There's it's going to be, be my new shop question. You got yeah. any of them glitter dicks? Yeah. <laughs> Get out of my store, boy. There's a, there's a couple a couple fly fishing hashtags. Nymphing. Euro nymphing. Both. Not what you're looking for. Ted, show, Ted showed me that one. He, he hashtagged something about euro nymphing or something. I, uh, euro nymph. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to be careful these days. Yeah. <laughs> careful out there, kids. Yeah, you thought the uh the Merkin was was the worst. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, you know, not the anymore. Six dungeon Madonna's panties fly patterns. Nope. <laughs> Leave it to the youngsters uh, the youth of today to turn it up a notch. Oh so uh, Rich We're fucking totally thrilled that you got to come down. Oh yeah, I love it down here. We, um, well, there's the rain, rain again. again. I'm tell- I- I'm thinking as much as I, I might be going to visit my parents <laughs> back up in Jacksonville tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think because t- the original forecast, I thought the storm was going to be already past us by yeah. late this afternoon. It's yeah. still south of us, so tomorrow is <laughs> going to be like feeder band day. However, if you can work it out. I think we might have a shot at Friday afternoon. Okay. So, so we got something to do Friday, some of the Halloween horror fest stuff. But I don't know. We'll see. That's a that's an evening thing. <laughs> I know, but it's. I think it starts at like uh, six or six o'clock or seven o'clock. So okay. Well, let's stay in touch. Yeah, let's stay in touch. We'll make it work. Um, and a worst case scenario, mm-hmm. we get rained out, and it just means that you have to come back. Right again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Listen to that. Yeah. Listen to that. Yeah, not even now. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess uh, you know episode thirty-three, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, keep an eye out for a Did we release of new stickers next week. Are we, and are we bringing? Equipment to Charleston? I don't think we're going to do a podcast up there. Um, this is too much. Yeah, I'd rather enjoy ourselves. Yeah. Um, keep an eye out for the new Trash Sat stickers that are coming mm-hmm. out. Um, also, reissues. Oh. We have Grape Jelly. It's going to be available again. Yeah, that's a classic. <laughs> and, you know, it's been a long damn time. Um, the first sticker we did was the Taylor Popper. Mm-hmm. We're bringing it back. Yep. And for anybody that's into tricking that skiff, this skiff kills hippies is coming back in a new color. Oh. So look for it. Middle of next week, you'll have all of those opportunities. But don't spend all your money, folks. 
because we got hats coming too. Uh, yeah, another, another Sims trucker orders coming in with a new design on the trucker. So anyway, we appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate every time the mail barge pulls up. If you Indeed. need to know where to deliver to, give us a DM. Rich, thanks for coming down. Thanks for Thank having me. You. Thanks We're for fucking digging it. Yeah, man. Making us vocal on your site and on your uh, podcast. And we got people constantly telling me they heard us mentioned. And well, you're doing it right. Thanks, man. I appreciate and, it. And uh, we'll never forget eggplant parmesan. That's right. Eggplant par- <laughs> I, I, well, we had to change that because there are a lot of folks that don't know how to spell <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you get I think it's like 5% off and free shipping if you go on our site go on districtgangling.com look for a shop now if you put an eggplant parm eggplant parm eggplant <laughs> nice parm. and easy right. I actually I actually had a DM earlier this week that somebody said hey in episode blah 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 you guys referred to a 0.0 sticker. Where can I get that? Yeah, that guy. And I said, me. at District Angle. Yeah, he wrote to me. He, Did he? I don't think he understood what I said. He's like, hey, man, can you sell me one of those 0.0 stickers? And I'm like, well, number one, we don't charge for our stickers. And number two, I, I'm making new ones. So when I get them in, I'll send them to you. He's like, oh, how about if I buy something? Will you give me one then? And I was like, no, <laughs> no I, don't, I don't have it. <laughs> right. I'm out. I'm out. But yeah, he's. Uh, we got somebody who's uh, going to get a whole bunch of stuff. We're working on a, a print as well. So. Right. Good. Well, that's oh. awesome. So, uh, the uh, <laughs> last thing we have to say is God bless Eddie Money. <laughs> Rip.
so rich. Yeah. What's up? Tell me about the time Tucker Carlson came into the shop. Oh, I... He actually uh, hasn't been in my shop while I was there. Hey, Tucker, get your ass in the fucking district right. dangling, you piece of shit. Yeah, get your ass in my store. We'll take good care of you, I promise. 